There is no shame in experiencing offense. However, there is shame in allowing the seed of offense to grow into a full-blown tree, taking you out as well as those in your family. I challenge you to get familiar with the process of offense because if you don't stop it, it's probably just going to grow on you. Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. Blended family and friends, what it do? It's been too long, guys. There have been a plethora of things thrown at my face in the last several months, finishing up school, most notably, as well as knocking out a youth camp that my wife and I have directed for six summers. Last summer didn't count because apparently there was a virus that was thriving and well. Um, But we had an amazing comeback recently, almost a couple hundred people, just a good time. And now we're back on the grind. So for those of you that are recently tuning in, you aren't skipping a beat. (laughs) And the long term blenders thus far. Hello again. It's so good again to be on this track right now. We are going to continue in the same Vain. We're talking about relationships, people, specifically this question that poses itself from time to time. It doesn't always get answered, nor is it entirely understood. That being, are you offended? It's so important for us to be able to identify offense because the blended family functions as the perfect ground and soil for the seed of offense to not just grow, but to thrive. There are some of us that within our families, no longer is it just a seed that we have to worry about. No longer is it the watering process that we have to address. We have a full blown tree in the middle of our family, a tree of offense, and it's starting to bear fruit. And that is a scary place to be. So the ability again to ask the question, are you offended is crucial. And even when there isn't apparent offense, it is good to pose this question. It's almost like asking your child after they get out of the restroom, did you wipe? You know what I mean? I smell what what it, what happened. Okay. That was destructive. And it would be my assumption that you know better at this point to thoroughly wipe yourself. Even posing the question feels ridiculous because they came out the bathroom skipping like they just dropped off the weight of life. And now they're free to be the best version of themselves. But you have a little PTSD because the last time you were doing their laundry, you saw some things And it changed your life. Okay, so you pose the question, did you wipe? And lo and behold, every once in a while, it's like, uh, what is that? What 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 are you asking me? 
And you're so glad that you asked. I don't know if this is the equivalent. I feel like that illustration is dead on for some and absolutely ridiculous for others. And that's fine. I'm comfortable with it. Welcome to the Blended Podcast. But frequently asking ourselves this question, especially if you are early on in your blending process, whether you are just starting to date and getting familiar with this dynamic or you recently got married and you're moving in now and things are getting a bit more settled and situated. The ability to check up on our offense meter and the status of it can save a world of heartache and struggle both short term and long term. So there's no shame in actually experiencing offense or becoming offended because it is indiscriminate, meaning it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how fortified you may be. Opportunities for offense will present themselves. And this can apply to an individual that is stuck doing the dishes like no one else apparently sees that these dishes are unclean nor does it feel as if they recognize the level of attention and consistency that like your your hands at this point are always clean because you are the dish person and that like i can't remember the last time someone had a picture put on a wall for dish person of the month like maybe that'd make it easier but adopting a little bit of offense because it feels as if this very important thing is deemed insignificant in this home can be a problem that's one end of the spectrum and on the other maybe it's becoming offensive that your partner is constantly going in another room and having private conversations with their child's mother and father. You feel as if you guys have integrated. You should be a part of scenarios and conversations. And the fact that they keep leaving is very curious, but it is also causing offense. Something to note concerning offense is also the fact that it's all legitimate. Offense is always legitimate in that it's real to you. So although our interpretation may be subjective for others getting offended about dishes or some laundry or whatever being being left on the floor is not a big deal and may be considered or deemed illegitimate, but our experience Our again, our interpretation is real for us, and it often points to something that needs to be addressed, which is why asking that question, am I offended? Like, are you offended? Asking the question, having the freedom to do so and then doing the research to determine whether that is the case or not is crucial because there's so much sweeping under the rug until things tense up and an explosion transpires, which brings me to what I believe is almost the perfect example of the process of assuming offense and then the potential outcome of offense. And although it is extreme, it is not beyond what has 
taken place in reality in some people's relationships and lives. And that story being concerning Cain and Abel. So even if you have not read the Bible, this story between the brothers Cain and Abel is likely familiar. And when it was all said and done, Cain eventually murdered his brother because his offense drove him to that point. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with this story, what had happened was a little bit of context. God essentially required or expected some type of offering from both Abel and Cain. And while Abel's was acceptable in his sight, Cain's offering, whatever it consisted of, was not accepted. I think it's likely a heart thing or God gave specific details concerning what was legitimate and what wasn't. And ultimately, Cain did not hit the mark. And that takes us to verse five in Genesis four. And I'm gonna go ahead and read it. It says, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So again, I feel as if the story of Cain and Abel really paints a picture of the process of offense. And while for most of us, thankfully, offense does not result in literally taking someone's life, although for some people it actually does, I do believe that offense can result in the death of something, whether it's literally your relationship and the tearing apart of your family, or it means you are less than as a person as far as wholeness is concerned, or because of offense, you aim to take away from others. That's a form of death. Those are forms of death, in my opinion. But I feel as if there were five things in particular that Cain was experiencing during his process of offense. And I feel as if those same five things, whether you're on one end of the spectrum or the other, we can apply or they apply to our processes and we can clearly learn from them. So the first thing being undervalued belief or unmet expectation. That's the first one. I'll say that again, undervalued belief or unmet expectation. So again, as Cain provided his offering, it was not accepted. And although he likely knew that whatever he was giving wasn't going to meet the cut, it was almost especially hurtful considering the fact that his brothers was accepted. So in that moment, his expectation wasn't being met and what he thought was worthy or deemed worthy of an offering was devalued via rejection. Oftentimes, offense starts off with a feeling of rejection. And although it wasn't Cain himself being rejected, it was his offering. He took it personally and taking it personally is very much a starting point for the process of offense. And then the second step 
in the process, I believe, is internal meditation. And I feel like we know this well. So something may take place within a moment's time. It was literally just 30 seconds of something. It could have even been five seconds of something. But how long after those five seconds are up do we spend time meditating on that thing? And what I mean by meditating, it's cycling through our thought and heart process. And we're constantly interpreting it over and over, sifting through that experience. And while there are things that we experience that offend us or get this process of offense started, that it's just hard to shake. It's just really difficult for me to accept the fact that my partner called me this or used a, a term against me or for another that shocked me. Like it can be difficult to shake certain things, but there are other things where we literally build the momentum. We are the snowball effect. It was a small thing, something done not consciously or intentionally against us, but it caused something to stir up in us. So our internal meditation begins. So as Cain, he experienced what he thought was rejection of his person. And then all of a sudden he's meditating, not just on his rejection, but he's actually building some animosity toward his brother and the entire picture of the process. So while literally Abel's like, do, 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 like, you know, continuing with his life, I believe it was a good dude. Um, Cain is just meditating on this moment and it's starting to consume him. And then that leads to the third thing that happens and that being character compromise. And I feel as if when it said the falling of his countenance and what is our countenance? Our countenance is essentially our face, but our face, our face tends to exemplify our emotional state and our emotional states oftentimes hinge on our character. So in that moment, his face was like, okay, I'm starting to trip. His emotions were getting high. And then it started to address or attack his person and his character. And it literally says in the scripture that I had read, God asked like, hey, bro, like, why are you angry? Like, why are you tripping, dude? Like, we're good. Like, I didn't accept your offering, but like, I, I still got love for you. You're, we're, we're good. Like, why has your countenance fallen? And he literally provided him with that insight as to the fact that, hey, sin's at the door, man. And its desire is for you. It wants to overtake you. It wants to throw a bunch of temptation and just some wrongdoing at your face. It wants to create an opportunity for you to act outside of your character to do something crazy. So I suggest you tell it back a little bit, get your countenance back intact and know that we're good because there's some stuff about to go down. And how many times have we gotten to this point where we experienced the rejection or we felt like we were undervalued in one way or another and then we're meditating on this thing and then our character 
is almost being attacked, under attack. We're thinking things inconsistent with who we know we are, inconsistent with our values and sometimes even our morality because it's just like this thing is intense or we're making it very intense. Um, so it's so important that we understand that this process gets to the core of our being. And that's because offense by nature is not a surface thing. It's something that addresses the heart. It eventually gets to the heart. And that leads us to the fourth step. And this one is so important because I believe that at this point, we have the opportunity to walk it back. So just as he was saying, hey, I get that you're angry right now. I get that your countenance has fallen and you're having this character wrestling match right now, but we can still address this issue and therefore change the outcome. And this to me marks the fourth stage of the process of offense and that being the conclusion. So our conclusion, this is where we make a decision as to whether this thing is worth taking further or adopting offense concerning because we still have a measure of sanity intact and control over the situation. Let's be real, people. We've all been offended. We've all taken it to a level beyond our comprehension. We didn't even know we could take something that far. But at this stage, we still are intact enough to draw a conclusion that is in the best interest of ourselves and others. So through your process of, again, not meeting an expectation, meditating internally, and then experiencing something come against your character or try and change your character, you're making a decision based on that process. And you're either like, hey, it's not worth it. Let me go ahead and walk this back. And that's something that can take time, that takes conversations, that takes getting in a room by yourself. Maybe you're crying because you just need to let this thing out because it's clearly pent up, especially if this is a frequent issue and it's been taking place over an extended period of time. But still, at this point, we have decisions to make and we enter another level of maturity when, again, we choose the best outcome for ourselves and others. And depending on what your conclusion consists of, step five is either necessary or unnecessary. And I'll tell you what, Cain thought that step five was necessary. And that's the power trip. And when it comes to a power trip, as far as what most of us are familiar or what we see in our mind, we see what Cain did. He's essentially exercising power over another person, over his circumstance, over whatever his internal messaging or narrative is. He just becomes, it's almost like an outburst or a form of tantrum or just straight up anger. And legit, if I'm being real, I have been there. Like I am surrounded by women again. I have these little children and little girls where sometimes they're coming at me so sideways 
that I can adopt offense. And then all of a sudden, I want to show them that I am man. I am still like the strongest person here. And I feel like I deserve a little bit of respect. So that can legit turn out to be some expression of aggression and ultimately a power trip. Am I wrong in doing so? Pretty much a thousand percent of the time. But again, that's because I've drawn this conclusion, even if it was in a passing moment and then I'm acting out on it. But power trip can also look like preservation of yourself. A power trip can consist of you saying or agreeing to yourself that this person does not have access to me any longer. No longer do they have power over me or a measure of influence that they probably should have. So if you're thinking about a significant other or if you're thinking about a child, like ultimately, if you are doing relationship the right way, there is influence in your life. People have influence in your life and you have influence in their lives. And that makes room for offense. What you're saying is I will not make room for offense any longer. Therefore, I am retracting the power or the influence that others have over me and I am preserving myself. So that can also be a power trip. For instance, if a wife says to her husband or agrees within herself, as long as he's tripping, we're not going to have sex. Like I'm not making myself available to him. We won't connect in that area because of how he's being, being right now. That's a power trip. I'm sorry, ladies. And I know, I know it can be difficult to deal with us, especially in that fashion when we aren't doing well, like our, we are simple men, simple beings, but we're like, we're dumb. Sometimes we just, we don't even know what to do. (laughs) relationally. Okay. So a little bit of grace is necessary, but that is a form of power trip. I am going to hold myself back. I am going to preserve myself because I don't want this person exercising power or influence in my life, even just for a moment. And there are other forms of exercising a power trip, like manipulation or going behind your partner's back, or even like your stepchild's back and doing something to hurt them, like that you know they wouldn't prefer. But ultimately, a power trip can be defined as a behavior that benefits you and or hurts someone else. So while this topic of offense can be a little bit of a confusing and a messy thing, again, it's so important that we're able to ask the question like, am I offended? Am I offended? Are you offended? And this important that you ask yourself the question, because oftentimes asking someone else is not going to work out in your favor, especially if you are likely the offender. Okay. So don't take this as like some badge of condolence to go up to your partner, knowing that they're offended by you and saying, Hey, are you offended? Let me walk you through your process right now. Please don't do that. That's not going to end well. But at the same time, I think it's necessary for us to become more comfortable with offense and handling 
offense. And to be honest, I've been forced to grow more comfortable with opportunities of offense. And this is because of the number of opportunities that I've been presented. To be honest, my brother called last week trying to correct my wife and I's parental behaviors. It was one of the more offensive. Like there are some times where you have to step outside of your circumstance and be like, yo, this is insane. (laughs) And that's one of those moments. And me identifying the insanity of our situation allowed for me to keep offense from creeping out the door and knowing that its desire is for me. And before I wasn't always capable of that, but having conversations and being able to exercise my thought process opposed to internally meditating and then having my character compromised and then drawing certain conclusions is it makes all of the difference. But on the other end, I have offended people. Apparently, rarely do I get approached concerning my offense or what I may have done. But, you know, when you are being excellent and I'm not bragging on myself, but I do take pride in being excellent or the best version of myself, you are going to offend people. And this may include your partner. Okay, this may include your children or stepchildren. It happens. But being able to process it for yourself and remain consistent, even if you are the offender, um, is important. And one of the things I feel that hinders this process is this idea that we are weak if we get offended. So no one wants to get offended. No one wants to be uh, like honest concerning their offense because that suggests weakness. Like you have some disparities or vulnerabilities in your armor, like your Achilles heel. And that's what dude dude's name was Achilles. That doesn't make any sense. It's almost like, oh, my Achilles is the only thing that will can get injured. So why don't I name myself that? Are you, are you joking? <laughs> like that, that's a that's a rant. But for those of us that have subconsciously concluded that if we get offended, we are weak or people have power over us or whatever, just let's crush that narrative right now. Like we are human beings We have influence over others because like we love and care for others and people have influence over our lives. So there is always room for offense, especially again in the blended family dynamic, considering the fact that our family has been compromised. Okay, Uh, I've said it in several episodes. If you are in the blended family, your family has been compromised and therefore the room for offense is kind of incredible. Okay. But it is still possible to handle it appropriately. But uh, before I end this episode, there are still some of us that are like, I am I offended? Like, it's good to know about the process of offense. But you're questioning whether you are in fact offended. I feel like there's a couple of things that will help you to determine whether you are or not. And offense can be subtle, okay? It starts off as this little seed, but again, it becomes this incredibly powerful tree and it's much easier to address a seed or stop the watering process than it is to uproot a tree, okay? 
But the first question that you can ask yourself, especially if it pertains to a specific individual, you're wondering if this person has offended you. Um, it, you can ask yourself, can I be myself around this person? Can I be myself without reservation without feeling as if I want to exercise a power trip and preserve myself or I'm not acting inconsistent with my actual character. If we're doing too much or we're doing too little, then it's possible that there is some level of offense or discomfort there. So identifying that, knowing the difference is crucial. Obviously, knowing yourself is important in order to know if you're operating outside of your limitations or well below those limitations. And then number two, do you take issue with others having favor toward this person? I'm going to say that one more time. Do you take issue with others having favor toward this person? So is it just does it irk you? When you hear other people complimenting this individual, like, for instance, like we know the intimate things of our relationship. We know our partners better than most people in life. So when you hear someone who is on the outside in saying, dude, this guy's incredible or this lady, man, you're a lucky guy. But then it irks you. It's just like, but you don't know. It's possible that there is offense there. This could be somebody who is not your partner, but they're just, they have the favor of other people. You hear it verbally, you see it, you see their friend group and everything's all good, but privately you may be aware of some inconsistencies that they are not and it irks you. It really just bugs you to see it or to hear it then it's possible that you have offense toward that individual. So I hope those two things help. I hope the process of offense provides a bit of clarity on what that looks like and why you may have experienced some of the things that you have, as well as people in your lives. You are well aware of the fact that they have experienced offense, whether they accept it or not. This will help you you know, get a little bit more insight on what their process has consisted of so you can be more gracious or helpful in some capacity. But are you offended? Don't be shy about asking the question. Do not be shy about answering the question. If you want to be the best version of yourself, if you want a healthy, thriving, blended family, answer the question. Deal with the issues at hand. It can save you and it can and will save your family. Thanks for tuning in and please take a moment to hit me with that honest rate and review and then subscribe so you don't miss out on any of this blended goodness. It's going down again next Wednesday, but until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.